1: know that Lamar Jackson is in the middle of his sixth NFL season, and some people are finally catching on to how good of a quarterback he is. But others, well, they still sometimes look a little foolish because they still don't get what they've gotten wrong about him. So today, I'm going to pinpoint what people are still getting wrong about Lamar, and then list four intangibles that they keep overlooking. And I'll do that with the help of Ravens quarterbacks coach T Martin, who spoke with the media about Lamar on Tuesday. I'm Sarah Ellison, and I am riding solo without my partner and co-host Bobby Trossett, who's on vacation in Europe during the bye week. It is Wednesday, November 29th, and this is your morning Ravens update from inside the vault, presented by our friends at GEHA. Also later, we're gonna dive into some film study including looking at what Patrick Queen was doing when he passed up a clear path to sack Justin Herbert last Sunday night. We're going to have a view of Ronnie Stanley getting pushed back into Lamar Jackson's foot. And finally, we'll look at just how unstoppable Kyle Hamilton was Sunday night. And we're going to also talk about how Lacey DaCosta, the wife of GM Eric DaCosta, she trolled Snoop Dogg. (laughs) Yeah, you heard me right. So I have all of that and more coming up. Thank you for waking up with the morning vaults where you get the most important Ravens news and my opinions in about 30 minutes. All right, so we're really getting into this first bye week now for the Ravens finally heading into week 13. As I said, Bobby's out of town. And so I feel like this presents... Uh, an opportunity to get into something that's really been on my mind for a week or two, but it hasn't really—I haven't been able to address it because you know we're just getting so much into the daily news, and there's so much of it. Now there is still some today, and I'm going to get to all of that. Uh, several of the Ravens' assistant coaches spoke at podium today. I'm going to get into a little bit of that today, but also get onto into it the rest of the week, but. Without so much more news going on, this gives me an opportunity to speak to something that surrounds Lamar Jackson, right? Who has just been a polarizing player for as long as I've really been following him. Um, It happened in in college, but really became polarizing in the draft, and it it really hasn't ended uh, into his NFL career. And one thing that really got me thinking about this, this was... um, Last week after the Ravens beat the Cincinnati Bengals on Thursday night, Colin Cowherd was talking about after that game how he felt like if he had to choose who the MVP was of this 2023 season, he would choose Lamar Jackson hands down. Now, what's interesting about this, if, if any of you have been following Colin Cowherd, is when Lamar was going through the draft or after he was first drafted, Colin Cowherd predicted that Lamar Jackson would be Tim Tebow 2.0. He said that Lamar was more project than he was prospect. He felt like he didn't have an NFL playing style. And he felt like he wasn't a quarterback that was going to last, you know, as a franchise guy for 15 years. Now, we haven't hit 15 years, but he just got a second huge contract that was the highest uh, of any quarterback at the time that he signed it, uh, and so highest in 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 uh, average money paid per year, and so it was. It really struck me to hear Colin Cowherd um, talk about Lamar so highly. Now, to Cowherd's credit, he meant a while ago he said he was wrong. He admitted to it, and he's pretty strongly been with Lamar. The rest, of the time. there's other analysts that go up and down weekly with Lamar. I mean. Colin Cowherd, he was wrong, and he went hard after Lamar, but he seems to be more consistently believing in Lamar. So I want to listen to what he had to say about Lamar. This was, again, after that Bengals win against that division foe.
2: He finished with a 120 passer rating, two TDs, no picks. I don't want to hear about who your quarterback doesn't have. I'm not interested in the conversation. All-pro left tackle, gone. All-pro tight end, gone. OBJ hurt late. Don't have your top running back. Don't have your top cornerback. Against a division rival, playing as an underdog? If you have the guy, and a lot of you fans are trying to convince yourself your quarterback's the guy. If you have the guy, you win without the perfect team. Lamar Jackson is now 53-19 and in the NFL. Let that bake for a second.
1: Okay, let's let's bake on that for a second. Um, let's talk about, this really is incredible. Lamar Jackson, uh, and these stats, by the way, is, is, is going into the Chargers game, so he's one up. As he said, he's 54 and 19. Basically, 74% win percentage. Let's, again, as he said, let that bake for a minute. Where does that fall among all quarterbacks? all the greats since really the 1970 merger, okay? Going all the way back then. That is number four. The only guys to have a higher win percentage is Roger Staubach at number three. He's also at 74%, 74 74.3. Tom Brady, 75%. And then Patrick Mahomes at basically 79%. So Lamar's right, right there with Tom Brady. I mean think about the quarterbacks who he's above. Think about this. He's ahead of Joe Montana. He's ahead of Aaron Rodgers. He's ahead of Steve Young, Peyton Manning, Michael Vick. How about some how about some of the the younger quarterbacks? Again, Mahomes is the only one that hasn't beat for for the people who have been who are currently in the league, active quarterbacks and have been in the league since Lamar um was drafted. He beats Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow. I mean, you can go on and on and on and on. And I understand wins are not a quarterback stat alone. Okay, so for example, I wouldn't say that Lamar Jackson was the key reason why the Ravens beat the Chargers. We'd have to give it to the defense, right? At the same time, you know, that loss against the Steelers, I wouldn't put that on Lamar. His receivers kept dropping balls, including touchdown passes, now, having said that, while there is that context, when you go over time and you've got six years worth of data, especially with the Ravens the Ravens record for the couple of years right before Lamar came, you can use a six-year time period or longer and say, you know what? Yeah, those though that winning percentage overall is going to correlate. There's going to be some reasons here and there that's definitely on the quarterback or not, but overall over a, a lot of years, I think that win percentages. If you're going to take any position where you say what position affects the win loss margin the most, it's quarterback. It's quarterback. We'll get into playoffs. Obviously, he needs to work on playoffs. We'll talk about that later, but here's, here's what's crazy. So, so Colin's saying, look how good he is. We're talking about the fourth best win percentage since 1970 merger, 1970 merger. So how did people get it so wrong? Now, again, Colin uh, Cowherd and then his co-host, Jason McIntyre, they talked about they talked about how, in their view, nobody knew. Nobody knew that this was going to be, Lam- that Lamar was going to be this.
2: Nobody knew he was going to be this good. I know all the, you know, all the trolls did, but none of it, nobody did. I mean, there's a reason almost every team in the league passed on him. But um, he's the best running quarterback ever, fact. And he's now a top 10 passer rating quarterback, fact. Dude's good. You can brag about, well, I knew these 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 GMs are really smart guys. Everybody misses on quarterbacks. Nobody knew this kid from Louisville who ran more than he threw was going to become this. But in the last three or four years, you got to stop denying stuff. It, you just mentioned Louisville, and I totally forgot. Remember, there was like a former GM. I think he worked at the place you Bill used to Pauline, work at. Bill yeah. Who said that Lamar should transition to be a wide receiver. Well, and Bill's a Hall of Famer. Bill nailed virtually every first and second pick in his career. Just, and there were, all, there were a lot of people. Like I, When I watched him, I was like, he was super skinny. He put on weight quickly. And he was running around. And I look at the history of running around quarterbacks. Yeah. They all get hurt.
1: <laughs> all right. So, Colin's like, nobody knew. Nobody knew. Well, I can already hear, you know, Louisville fans who followed Lamar or uh, Florida fans who've been following Lamar, they're going to scream, I knew, I knew, I knew, for sure. I think, I think, Colin, is most NFL executives didn't know. And here's what's interesting. I've said that people looked foolish when they talked about Lamar, and yet there are still foolish things going on. Okay, we know he was doubted, as they just pointed out. Bill Pullian, GM, Hall of Fame guy, saying he should have been a wide receiver. He got it wrong. Then some people started to come around, okay, MVP, okay, unanimous people, people started coming around. And yet when the Ravens put the non-exclusive franchise tag on Lamar, just this last offseason, not a single team bit, not a single team, still looking foolish. Okay. So I wanted, uh, this is what's been on my mind. Why? Why? Yes, you have some people like Colin Cowherd. He's finally come around. He's finally giving Lamar his due. Some other people are doing so, and yet still, teams not not even trying to sign him. Look at how Atlanta's looking right now. Look at how the Jets. What 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 is going on? What is going on that that people still didn't believe in him? So I want to dive into what I think are four intangibles, and this is this is. Probably why they keep missing it. Intangibles are just that. They're intangibles. It's hard to put your hand on it. It's hard to put your finger on it. It's hard to articulate it. Now, this is just my opinion after covering Lamar, every single game he's played, every single press conference he's done. Uh, I was in the building when he was first drafted. I left uh, in the, the at the end of his first training camp, his rookie year. So this is my opinion watching him after all these years. And I'm also gonna have some help from from quarterback's coach, T. Martin. So four intangibles that I feel like people just keep missing. And the first one is his vision. And when I mean vision, I'm talking about his vision of the game of football. Now, the other day I had a um, exchange with Skeptic Goat, who I've had on the show before I had him on, uh when we were talking about Lamar Jackson's contract situation and he and I had this twitter exchange and i remember skep likes to stay anonymous but I, we do know that he was a division 1 uh dual threat quarterback uh so knows a little something about the game a little more than the vast majority of uh those that comments on the game so skep <laughs> tweets a little while back I'm so glad that analysts still think that the most dangerous trait about Lamar Jackson to be worried about is his athleticism. And by the way, his athleticism is dangerous. But the problem is is because that's so glaring, you can't see what his actual most dangerous trait is. Gap goes on. They still don't get that his recall and the ability to process information is on Peyton Manning's level. Looks like he's been doing it for a while. I remember a few years ago watching an interview of Lamar when he was in high school following a game, and he recalled the details of play after play. It was at that point that I realized he was going to be Manning special. That recall separates the good from the greats at QB. Now listen, Skep isn't here saying... We all know what Peyton Manning went on, went on to do. He obviously it took him a minute to to also get some playoff success. So we're not saying that he's at Peyton Manning's level in terms of winning and playoffs and Super Bowl, obviously all that. But he's talking about from a recall and processing standpoint. So I reply to Skep and I say, Skep, no lie, this is the number one thing I heard from inside the building about Lamar Jackson as rookie year. I can still remember I. Went into um, Kevin Byrne's office. Kevin Byrne, uh, at the time, was the vice, the senior vice president of public relations. His office right down from Aussie. His office right down from from John Harbaugh. He sits in these draft meetings. He sits in the in the draft room when they are drafting. They know. He knows what the what the what the building thinks about Lamar. And he said to me, I remember talking to him in his office, Sarah. It's his vision. It's like he's a point guard. We're a point guard. They're looking one way and they can throw another way because they somehow mentally see it all. He can see the field. So I'll continue reading what I wrote here. It was his vision, the way he sees the game. That's why people were, and I said that's why people were wrong every time they said he was quote unquote, figured out. Remember that? He's been figured out. How about after that charger's lost his rookie year in in the playoffs? Oh, there's the blueprint but the blueprint didn't work the next year because the next year he won MVP. Oh, remember the Miami Dolphins game when they cover zero? Blitz, 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 blitz. Bad game for Lamar, bad game for Roman. He figured that out. He adapted, he changed, he figured it out. No, you don't just figure out Lamar and he's done. That would be if it was only his athleticism, but his mind allows him to continue adapt. And that's what I say here. He just keeps evolving because of how he sees the game Skep replies back I like the coaching staff he has around him if they tell him what he should look for in certain situations I like his chances to remember and not make the same mistakes over and over few of his interceptions look similar he remembers and rarely repeats bad plays okay so that to me that's it it's it's how he can see the game now this season according to quarterbacks coach T. Martin, who spoke with the media on Tuesday, he said Lamar has even taken his studies to another level. T. Martin will deliver an advanced scattering report on each team right after the previous game because Lamar wants to get a handle on it. T. Martin said Lamar now has both a pre-snap and post-snap plan because once he gets that scattering report in, once he gets the installation, once he gets what what Todd Munkin wants to install, he's 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 already thinking a gazillion ways that other defenses can attack him. So let's listen here to what T. Martin said on the idea of Lamar's vision.
3: Several times, uh, several times. And, and it's just his growth is becoming the norm. You know, uh, and it really started during training camp. I, th- I know you guys remember the one practice we had. We threw just too many interceptions at quarterback and and we came back and we went the rest of the training camp. We maybe like won the rest of the training camp. And from that moment, you know, Lamar is so competitive and he doesn't like to be wrong. He doesn't like to uh, have it all look like it was him. And so he took it upon himself to just continue to study more and, and, and learn the concepts inside out to where he knows that when we watch film and see what a defense does, that people are going to play him different. So even when we're presenting passing and plays, Lamar is already saying, well, what if they do this? What if they do that? What if they blitz me? So you go back to the Detroit game where you know, we had a naked, uh, you go back to the Cleveland game, we had a naked, he gets blitzed, he finds Mark Andrews, he gets Mark a pass, explosive play. Gus Edwards, you know, in the Detroit game, it's a naked guy in his vision, he finds Gus, and uh, it's another explosive play. Pat Ricard, the wide open play to him, It was meant for something to happen downfield. It's not there, not there. Pat was in protection, leaks out. He finds him for another he's supposed to play. So I think that that's where you can see the maturation of Lamar is. I understand the intent of the play, but if it's not there, you you saw Sunday night him checking down in situations where Isaiah likely got huge gains when the pass concept was was meant for us to go deeper downfield, but it wasn't there. They were dropping underneath it. They were deep. He checked it down, and we were still averaging like nine yards per reception on those type plays. So I I think that he's grown in those areas. He's always been doing it. It's always been there, but I think he's consistently doing it more when it presents itself uh, this season.
1: Now his rookie year, if something like that happened, you know, post-snap because he didn't have a pre-snap plan his rookie year for example he might if if it's not there as designed he might just run and take off and he can still do that by the way but now he i love that t martin just pointed out about four different examples of what lamar did when stuff broke down and it wasn't just taking off and running his good friend michael vick he's seeing the same thing about lamar's vision in this new offense
3: see when you watch your friend it just looked dangerous It just looks like the game is coming so easy to him Um, in total control. I think I said this before and just when you understand the offense and you come to work every day and now you know you can get better. I can get better tomorrow because you know when I get the play sheet is faxed over to me at night. I can look at all these calls and I can see the touchdowns like if you can see the, the success and in the play sheet in the and the play calls that's when that's when you thrive
1: okay so that's number 1 his vision that's one of the intangibles that I don't think people have given him credit for all these years he sees the game with incredible vision okay number 2 intangible that I think people are missing it's this inner obsession with being great. And I'm not, listen, talk is cheap. There are people all the time, oh, I wanna be the greatest, oh, so I wanna be the great. They'll say it, but they're not willing to put in the work or the attitude or all the other things that are required to become great. Because in order for that to happen, in order for this obsession to happen, you can't get caught up in secondary things. Listen, in life, there are things that are good, there are things that are better, and then there are things that are best. And sometimes, not even meaning to, we sacrifice what's best for something that's good, or maybe something that's better, but it's not the best. And Lamar Jackson understands this and and i think it was something that people also overlooked when he was going through his contract situation yes of course his contract was important to him very important but money is still secondary to him money is is great right money is better but to lamar what's best it's a legacy it's a legacy he wants to leave a legacy on the field he hasn't he hasn't he hasn't been able to Realize that legacy yet he hasn't he hasn't come all the way through yet but he's so he's so obsessed over it and i want to go back to colin because this part this part colin gets listen to this
2: when players get paid they often change lamar's different oh, jalen jalen hurts lamar got paid lamar he's feistier a... he's <laughs> you know some guys get paid and i've heard this before from gms some guys get paid yeah. and it's just, they're not the same guy. He almost is more intense and feistier. The money Man. didn't
1: change him at all.
3: Yeah. These dudes just want to, they, they want to be great. They want to be great.
1: They want to be great. Money is important. Money is good. Money is not his number one priority. Okay. Okay. So it's, so it's not money, right? What else? How about some individual awards? Remember when he won MVP? Believe me, he was grateful. That's not just good, that's better, but it's still not his it's still not best. He wants Super Bowls. So every time he gets an award, "Hey, this is great, but it's not the ultimate goal. It's not what's best." Now, here's let me let me we me, remember this just last week, right? Just last week, Lamar broke the 5000-yard rushing milestone. Only four other quarterbacks in NFL history have done that. Four others. Excuse me, three others. Michael Vick, Cam Newton, Russell Wilson. Want to know what's crazy? Lamar got to 5,000 faster than any of those guys. Faster than any of those guys. In fact, it took Lamar 82 games to get to 5,000. It took Michael Vick, who's number one on this list. It took him 104 games. 104 This is an incredible individual feat. It's incredible. What was Lamar Jackson after the game he was asked about it. After the Chargers game, he was he was going off podium, but the, but but reporters are like, "Wait, Lamar, we got to ask you about this historic NFL record." Here's his here's his reply. 5,000 yards
0: rushing tonight for your career quarterback. What does that mean? Cool. <laughs>
1: For the audio people only who don't watch who aren't watched on youtube you can't see it but he's just like uh they ask him what's it like and he's like Meh, and then he's like cool and again he's not on mic so you can hardly hear the cool but it, like again it's cool but it's not the goal it's not what he's obsessed with i remember the night that he was drafted we all remember it we all remember it what did he tell Deion sanders
3: what could you have done differently that you could have gotten out of that room quicker and got drafted earlier in your career? Nothing. I'm happy to be a Raven. It don't even matter. Yesterday does not matter. You're looking forward to today. I'm looking forward to being a Raven. What are they getting? Everything out of me. They're going to get a Super Bowl out of me. Believe that. Believe that.
1: Now, people may have watched that live and been like, what's this young buck talking about? He can't sit here talking about Super Bowls, yada, yada, yada. And I've seen that before. Sometimes, again, young people, they'll say things not realizing what needs to happen. But what they didn't understand about Lamar is that he was serious about what it will take to get there. He's just the other after the after the Thursday night went over over the Bengals. He and OBJ were on set with the Amazon Prime crew. They brought up the Super Bowl there. He says, I'm taking it one game at a time, but he hasn't lost sight of that. How about, okay, so he doesn't care. Money is secondary. Individual accolades are secondary. What about the fact that the Ravens are number one in the AFC? He was asked about that. What is the significance of that? He says, it doesn't really mean anything to me right now. It means nothing because there's still a lot of season to play. He is so focused If To me, it's Mamba mentality, right? It's it's what Kobe Bryant was. It's what everybody talks about with Kobe. Everything else is secondary. This is number one. Ray Lewis was the same way. What did he say? I'm pissed off for greatness. I don't want to be mediocre. No man is okay with being basic. Lamar got paid. Some guys, as Colin said, it's true. I've seen it. You get paid, you're cool now. You're fine with being basic. You got your money. Hey, no big deal. Hey, that's your ultimate goal. No problem. Not going to hate you for that. It's a big deal. But for Lamar, it's not what's best. It's not what's best. Good, better, best. He wants best. He's obsessed with being great. And that propels him to put in the work that needs to happen. All right. So number one, vision. Number two, an obsession with greatness. Number three, Lamar Jackson is unafraid to speak out loud big goals. Now, why is that a big deal? Let me ask, just anybody who's listening to me now. Do you write down your goals? Or how about this? Do you tell people your goals? And I mean big goals, huge goals. Some of you might. Some of you might. A lot of people don't. And why is that? Well, they can ridicule you. Lamar's sitting here talking about Super Bowls. And his biggest critics will say, Lamar, you're one in three in the playoffs and start to ridicule him, right? Well, when people get ridiculed and they have failed to meet their goal, sometimes they tend to recoil. They, They buy into it. You know what? You're right. I'm an imposter. Imposter syndrome, right? I'm an imposter. Who am I? I can't. Why would I say this out loud? So then you stop saying out loud. Okay. Well, how about you write it down? My husband, I'm telling you, every year when we do New Year's, he is legit about goals. We sit there write down, what's your goals for today? What's your goals for the week, the month, the year, five years, 10 years, 30 years? And it's just to help you have a vision. And it helps you. People don't like to do that. He puts it up on a, in, in his office. And he sees it every single day. Why don't people want to speak out loud their goals sometimes or even write it down? Because it's staring at you. It's, it's almost like your conscience. It's staring at you. You haven't reached your goal yet. And if you don't, it's telling you you ha- you failed. You haven't gotten there yet. And so people don't want to write them down. People don't want to think about them because they don't want to think about how they're not reaching them. All right. That's fear talking. That's letting that's letting ridicule or fear of not of not maybe Lamar won't get his Super Bowl. Who knows? I think he will, but what if he doesn't? So what? So so should he be ridiculed? No. You reach. You reach for greatness. You be unafraid to reach for big goals. He's completely unafraid. He puts it out there every single day. He put it out there, like I just said, super draft night, did it again after the 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 Bengals game and he would do it again tomorrow. He's unafraid of reaching for huge huge goals. All right. Fourth, un, intangible. Okay. Lamar Jackson's Ability to lock in, to focus. I've talked about good, good, better, best. Right? It's so easy to be distracted. It's so easy to be distracted. I get distracted all the time by Twitter, all sorts of types of stuff. People, people come at me on Twitter. I can't. You, you want to be defensive? Lamar doesn't buy into that. Lamar doesn't buy into that. All he, he, he pushes that all aside. Pushes it all aside. And again, this is what T. Martin had to say about it. Yeah,
3: we talked about the idea of being locked in is locking things out. And to where we're focusing on the main thing, which is winning games, you know, and and that's where he's at. You know, he's been around, you know, we're talking about a a man who's, you know, coming to a league where he was doubted, he was questioned. Uh, After being MVP, doubted and questioned. I'm watching TV this morning, being doubted and questioned. And so it's a chip on his shoulders uh, to be, uh, to not only prove to people, you know, what he is, but to prove to people what we are as a team and how far we can go as a team and it comes with a certain level of focus. It comes with a certain level of attention to detail and you can't get to those points if you're not locked in.
1: Locked in is the ability to block things out. Uh, Lamar Jackson is a pro at that. He's a pro. At, think about it. There are very few athletes who have more pressure on his or her shoulders than Lamar Jackson. Who does? Maybe some guys in the NBA. Patrick Mahomes has a Super Bowl. I mean, Lamar Jackson, as I said, has been this polarizing figure. He, people who don't even really follow the NFL know who Lamar Jackson is. And all they talk about are those playoff, that playoff record. There are, all quarterbacks have a lot of pressure. All quarterbacks do. But there are a few that have more pressure and get talked about more than Lamar Jackson. Maybe just as much, but not more. There's so, he got his contract. He got his money. He got, he got his receivers. Still not, you know, the best receiver core ever, but the best he's ever had. There's a lot of pressure on him. But when you talk to him, when he's at the podium, you don't feel that sometimes you can feel people's the pressure they're holding as, as soon as they you 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 enter their presence you don't feel that with Lamar he's fun he's funny he he ta- he, ma- he takes jokes he, he he it's 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 unreal listen there's probably more intangibles but I think those are the four are 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 some of are, are ones that are completely overlooked and it's why he's been able to continue to evolve and just surpass people's expectations time and time and time again. So you can still doubt him. There's still things he can work on. We know that deep passes connecting this year. Hasn't hit yet. Fourth quarter Ravens on both sides. of The ball need to work on it. Lamar's definitely a part of that. Uh, His, his still finding the right balance of when to run and when to pass. He's, he wants to be, you know, sit back there and pass and pass it. So I'm not saying that there's not things he can work on. What I'm saying is, is that he can continue to evolve and he can continue to beat expectations because of these things, because of, of his ability and vision of the field, his understanding, his processing of the game, because of his obsession to be great, because of his ability to, to lock in and block things out, because of his his just being completely unafraid to shoot big. Those are four. I could come up with others, but I'll give those four of why people continue to still get things wrong with Lamar. But before I get into uh, that film study, I do want to give a quick message from our friends over at GEHA, the sponsor of this show. For over 86 years, GEHA, Government Employees Health Association, has offered medical and dental benefits designed to meet the unique needs of federal employees and retirees, military retirees, and their families. With Over 2 million members and growing, GEHA continues to serve those members and families who serve all of us every day. GEHA, Government Employees Health Association, your friend in federal since 1937. We know federal because we only provide benefits for federal. Federal Drive is presented by GEHA, Government Employee Health Association, proudly providing health and dental benefits to federal employees and their families for 86 years visit geha.com
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast
1: So I wanted to do a little bit of film study because I promised that the other day. Might not hit up all of it. And then we'll get some quick hits and then we'll get out of here. Here I thought by speaking alone with no Bobby, I'd be able to get through this in 30 minutes. But I, 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 I wasn't able to do so. I was very passionate about that first topic. All right, some film study. I first want to start with uh, Patrick Queen. You all may remember this play where he had... Uh, he's circled right here, number six. And by the way, this video is courtesy of uh, Ryan Mink. He pulled pulled this all 22 film. So there's number six. Remember this, Uh, Herbert snaps the ball and look at the clear path PQ has. And with that speed, he could have just crushed Herbert. But instead he veers to his left into this, it looks like the right guard. And... And then he's like, wait a minute, what am I doing? And then comes back and goes after Herbert. And He does make him throw it a little quick and it's an incompletion. And it's like, PQ, what were you thinking? Well, he went on Twitter and he explained, he said, I was trying to uh, get Matabike a sack, relax. He was supposed to set a pick there. I don't think he realized he was gonna be wide open. Then he says, best believe he getting left out next time. So PQ, We'll learn from that. He was. He was. It was the play was set up for him to set a pick, and that's that's really what happened there. Um, uh. By the way, speaking of of PQ and Roquan, you may have seen that I put out this tweet on Sunday night. I did it the moment that PQ hit 100 tackles on the season. Roquan had already been there, so I tweeted about a, this photo of him with them in the all black side by side. And I said that they were the NFL's best duo. I 100% believe that. Well, this got retweeted by PQ and Lamar Jackson, and I'm sure some others. So it kind of went viral-ish for, I guess, for me, got 1.1 million views. Well, it traveled out to San Francisco. I cannot tell you. The people in my mentions this week, this this account, 49ers and NFL News 24-7, tags me. With all due respect, S.G. Ellison, let me introduce you to the best NFL linebacker duo, Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw. Now listen, Fred Warner, like me, an alum from BYU. I know his talent. To me, he and Roquan, right there, right there. I don't even know who to pick, who's the best best linebacker. So you're not going to hear me talk bad about Fred Warner. He really is phenomenal. But I'm sorry, you adding Dre Greenlaw and Patrick Queen? No, 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 no. Ravens have the best linebacker duo. These two teams match up Christmas night. I look forward to that. All right, now, we talked yesterday quite a bit about Ronnie Stanley. Um, I just wanted to show this play in case you had missed it. I had missed it live. Um, You know, we talked about how... Harbaugh said he wanted to see Stanley get stronger. He's obviously been dealing with that knee. Uh, Lamar or Harbaugh wants to see him back at practice, working on the t- technique and getting stronger. Well, this is why Lamar Jackson is your 200 and is it 80 million dollar quarterback. You have to protect him at all costs. Here in this one, Ronnie Stanley, 79, right there to the left of the screen. Watch him just get completely pushed back into Lamar Jackson. Steps on his foot slash ankle. Luckily, Lamar wasn't injured. Let's watch that again. Push back, just completely bull rushed into him. Lamar falls down to his knee, but luckily he's not touched by a charger, so he gets back up, and that's when Lamar scrambled for that now infamous, what looked to be a first down, wasn't challenged. Um and the Ravens ended up uh, moving to fourth down, and that was just a bad, bad sequence there. But Lamar saved that play, number one, but I can't tell you how many times where it wasn't that bad, where he just completely tripped Lamar. I mean, he just got bull rushed right into him. Um, that that just cannot happen. And, and at some point, we're going to see if this bye week gets uh, Ronnie Stanley more healthy, but if he's not, that type of stuff cannot continue. So that's where you might have to bring in Patrick Um, uh, Just Lamar and his blind side needs to be better protected than that. He can't be worrying about his left tackle being pushed into him. I'm not giving up on, on Ronnie Stanley. I'm not giving up. But in, in this short period of time, something's got to get, if he can't get stronger and get his technique down, the Ravens might have to make a decision without him. Okay, also we talked quite a bit about Hamilton yesterday, and I promised that I'd bring in some All-22 because we talked about some of his stats, and I said it just didn't do him justice. So here's some All-22 from here. Look at him. gets Just runs, like moves his blocker. First, pushes his blocker back. And then, as he's going back, he kind of swims around him and then makes the tackle on the Chargers running back. Like, you can't block him. You can't block him. How about this next play? Watch. Number 14 drops in the back. He is Stride for stride with this Chargers wide receiver makes a diving deflection. Now, here we are again. We've got him circled while he's telling somebody else where they should be. Okay? He sees what's coming. Does a quick little screen here to a wide receiver. He's initially being blocked. Watch what he does. Gets past his blocker, almost a hold. Grabs the receiver by an ankle and brings him down. I don't care if you're asking Hamilton to cover, to blitz, to sack, whatever you need. He's gonna give it to you one of the most versatile players. Talk about, we talked about Lamar's athleticism. This is an athletic freak with the body that he has. He's only a second year guy by the way, on the on the off, offensive side, two rookies and Keaton Mitchell and Zay Flowers getting the job done on that side of the ball. Look at all these young guys in the beginning of their contracts. They're going to be here with Lamar during this five-year contract that he has in his second contract. Future is bright in Baltimore. All right. We'll um, we'll we'll get into it later. There were some more comments from assistant coaches on, on like, Kyle Hamilton, Jadavia, and all that. I'll get into that next week. We're running out of time. So let's run into um, some quick hits here. Uh, so, Anquan Bolin and Steve Smith Sr. have both been named uh, semi semifinalist for the Pro Football Hall of Fame class of 2024. Now, these guys have both, um, I think this is, yeah, the third time they've both been semifinalists. So, it's going to be an uphill battle. We'll see what happens. Uh, but also, uh, former Ravens, let's see, um, Just lost it. Devin Hester and uh, offensive tackle Willie Anderson are among the 25 finalists. The class will be announced in February during the Super Bowl week. Um, Next thing here. Okay, this this cracks me up. So apparently Lamar Jackson was hanging out with Snoop Dogg recently, probably while he was out in LA for that Chargers game. And a photo is, is making its way around social media the Baltimore Ravens uh, team account, also tweeted it. But this is what's hilarious. Lacey DaCosta, who is the wife of Ravens GM, Eric DaCosta, and if you follow her, such an upbeat and positive person on Twitter, really on all social media, but this was hilarious. She, quote, retweets this picture of Lamar and Snoop Dogg and says, fair-weather friend, starry, we already have a Snoop referring to Snoop Tyler Huntley and gives a thumbs-down emoji. (laughs) She is not having it because, as we all know, Snoop Dogg is really a Steelers fan. There's so much on that with him and Steelers colors, all that. Remember that game, the December game in 2015, where the Ravens beat the Steelers? Well, Snoop Dogg posts a picture of himself. um, Sorry, my... Alarm just went off. Uh, Well, Snoop posts a picture of himself flipping the camera off and says, F the Ravens. So, listen, I'm glad he appreciates greatness in Lamar. He's had pictures with um, Ray Lewis in the past, but let's not forget he's really a Steelers fan. All right, last thing I want to do here before I let you go is remember how uh, Zay Flowers, um, his second touchdown... Uh, he did a celebration where he does it with OBJ that they really planned for London when they were out there, but Zay didn't score in that game, so they decided to do it where they he kind of pretends to hit a, a penalty kick and OBJ's the goalie. Well, obviously soccer runs strong throughout the Latin world, and so it would only be appropriate to listen to this play go down and that celebration in Espanol.
0: Lamar Jackson, woo! Se la juega Safe Flowers, se fue 6 20 por la 10, por la 5, touchdown. Safe Flowers para la zona de anotación. El segundo del partido, el segundo en la costa oeste y golazo. Anota un gol Zay Flowers en zona de anotación. Excelente y mira, lo celebró a los Cristiano Ronaldo. Metió un gol y hizo el sí, Zay Flowers.
1: All right, that was awesome. You know, Zay makes two touchdowns, by the way, and all he got, his his teammates are making sure that he isn't getting too full of himself. Uh, when, the, when Lamar Jackson was asked about his two scores, he said, we need a lot more, if anything. I've been waiting on him to score multiple times in a game. Then, remember, Lamar said he hated that first celebration with the, the flower bouquet. Said it was the worst celebration he ever needs. Then everybody's been debating this about whether Zay... Should have taken a knee, which technically should have. That's probably the sound thing to do, but I didn't hate it. And I'm glad it gave it an uplifting um, ending to the offense. But Kyle Van Noy, the defense didn't want to go back on the field. Kyle Van Noy, his butt needs to get down. Uh, Pierce says he doesn't know any better. We go over these things in team meetings. Maybe we need to listen a little bit more, but situational football is important. I think that's a good learning lesson. So, by the way, they're not. There's not real animosity. I think they are just teaching him and making sure he doesn't get too, too, um, what, too caught up, too, too big of an ego this, this early in the season. But boy, what a draft pick! What a first-round draft pick he is. All right. Well, that about does it for today. There's a lot that I didn't get to. Definitely, we'll get into it next time. Plus, there's I, I got so many things to get to this week with with Bobby out. We hope he's having a blast. Hopefully, he's making it safely. I'm sure as I'm talking, he's flying out to. Italy as we speak. Uh, so I want to thank him. I want to thank our patrons for their support. I want to f- remember to thank our friends at GEHA for their support and believing in what we're building. And until next time, I'll be back with you here inside the vault.